It is Locked on Jazz for the 14th of September. Donovan Mitchell goes on the media tour. We'll talk about what we learned from him, and we'll kick off a super fun week with Chuck Cooperstein, voice of the Mavericks, with over-unders. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Put on. Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My drum roll got cut off. Hey, it's David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Let's make sure everyone realizes what's going on here. We are less than two weeks away from Media Day. Hasn't been announced, but has to be somewhere in there. We are less than three weeks away from the first preseason game. We are probably two weeks to the day away from the beginning of training camp. And the opening of the NBA season on Wednesday the 20th is like five weeks away. Wow. It is right here, right now. Awesome. I hope you're doing great. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are free and on all platforms for you, available on YouTube as well at Locked On Jazz. Uh, Donovan Mitchell did a huge fundraiser or or, or charity event with Clorox, a million dollars for schools, just incredible. Uh, And I wanted to kind of talk basketball and some of the things he talked about in regards to that on that realm. He talked with 1280 The Zone. Um, He talked as well with Sam Amick of The Athletic. He talked with a bunch of people. Uh, and continues to do amazing work. The, the first thing that kind of jumped out to me about all of this with Donovan is just a reminder of what a great guy he is. Like, the, he's just a special kid. Like, I think we have to remember that about him. Wear the 45 jersey with, with excitement and pride. Have your kids wear it and feel good about it. He's donating millions of dollars to schools. He and his mom have been consistent on this quest the whole time. He's just a really special kid. And I think that's our saving grace. Like, for all the frustration that he might have with a playoff loss and this and that and the injury thing that went on last year and all these various things. At the core of things, he's a really good kid. And I think there's a lot of stuff flying around him. Um, I think, you know, he's a star. He's got a shoe deal. He's he's broken into the next level. He's watching all the people he compares him to win championships. He's still farther behind in that progression. You know, still only this will be, you know – when you look at Kawhi and LeBron and Giannis and the guys who win, they, it's eight, seven, eight, nine, you know, years in, and he hasn't reached that point yet. And so, all the, this is the time of your career in which I've watched players over the years lose their zest, lose their enjoyment for the game. That, that they suddenly end up with a, you know, the burden of stardom, the burden of greatness, the burden of winning, the burden of shoe deals, the burden. Of all these things, you're 25 years old. Uh, happy birthday to Donovan just the other day. Um, you're 25 years old. You don't have a normal life, and you're making a ton of money, and you have a burden upon that. And so to me, that's the thing that I, I actually am going to watch the most with Donovan, and I look forward to hopefully talking to him about that as we actually hopefully get to talk to the players this year, is, you know, I always have talked about the zest that he played the game with. I've often referred to him as the kid in reference to Ken Griffey Jr. with the hat on backwards. Ken Griffey Jr. lost that zest. He became 
bitter and angry and lost the joy for the game when he was in Seattle very clearly. And um, I think I covered Alex Rodriguez at the same time. I'm not sure he ever had the zest and joy for the game. I think he was just always a star trying to find and never really able to find himself. Donovan was pretty clear on who he is as a person, as a player. And now the question is, can he keep that? I, I, I thought it was interesting when he tweeted out the other day, ain't going to steal my joy. Like, okay, but to some extent, by definition, if you have to tweet that out, it's happening, right? You can feel it happening to yourself, and you're saying to yourself, you're not going to steal. This, to me, is the is the quest and the, and, and the next step for Donovan. Can this still be have that little jump to it? He loves to compete. He loves to win. He loves to play with such which energy. Is he going to be able to maintain that? So that, to me, um, is is the biggest question toward just his – and this is not to – I mean, it's to Donovan because he was unique in the way he played, just that energetic style, and now the questions can hold. He made some other interesting comments. He said, the injury kept me on the ground and it allowed me uh, to make decisions on the ground. So what is he saying there? He's saying that you, you have to slow down. If you're playing on the ground, you're not just athletically beating people. Athleticism is usually the impediment to most players in their development. In other words, that they're such great athletes that they don't need to learn how to do the next thing. And so if the ankle had limited him, then he's on the ground, he's got to read his spots, he's got to change his, his pacing, he's got to use hesitation, and then he's got to see passing lanes that he may not have seen otherwise because when all else failed in the past, he just outjumped someone or outmaneuvered them. So that's, you know, that's a really interesting perspective. He's always been amazing at trying to get better back to his rookie and sophomore year, uh, first, you know, rookie and second year in the league, we'd see him work on things in practice and then go immediately try them in games, which you almost never see out of players, a willingness to fail um, that led to his success. Um, he said, if we were healthy, we'd get to the finals. I, I This is, you know, who knows whether that's true. He kind of admits that. I think it's great that he thinks that. You know, one of the real questions on the team is whether or not had they run it back exactly the same, whether they really believed or whether the last two playoff failures, both pretty dramatic, right? Down 3-1, up 2-0, would have crippled this team of self-belief even if they played well this year. With that mindset, Donovan saying that, it leads you a little bit to believe that if they can start the year well, that they'll they'll believe again, that if they can get it going early and 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 get rolling a little bit and start and be back up at that one or two seed and, and have the offense rolling, that then they will believe, okay, well, we just got robbed by injuries last year. Let's go, let's go, let's go, and have a little bit of that. He did say he was excited uh, for the upcoming season, which is good. Like, it's been fast. It's been a quick turnaround. And this gets really interesting because he has decided not – he didn't do – any of the things that he's done in the past. He hasn't done the shoe tour. He didn't go to China. He didn't do USA basketball. You know, he really, if you recall, he had some off summers where there was a little, like he proved to everyone wrong, but there were murmurs at the time of like, wow, is he doing too much? And then, you know, he did, he's not always been the best at starting seasons. If you go back to the 18-19 season, November and December are pretty tough. Uh, on him in the 18 in his second year in the league, and then in 1920 season, he starts brilliantly in October and then slows down again in November and December a little bit. His points per game were up, but his efficiency dropped, and then they kicked back in later in the season, and then obviously that season. And and last year, I think it's very hard to tell on 
you know, what, because nothing was normal. Um, and it will be interesting to see what, whether or not his November and December or this year, last year, you know, he started very poorly in the first four games of the year and then clicked in shortly thereafter. So uh, I'm not sure I can take a, I'm not going to look at last year and, and feel like there's a lot to what happened last year. But if you look at his previous, you know, if you look at his previous career and how he started and, you know, he shoots 30, his three-point shooting in December is at 32%, which is his lowest month. November's at 34, which is his second lowest month. And October's 34, which is his third lowest month. His overall true shooting percentage is a little bit, is the least good if any month is November um, and then October and then November. And if you look at his effective field goal percentage, it's somewhat similar to that. So I think what you, you know, you may see here out of Don this year is a better, quicker start without you know, it's a short season, but he's just been working the whole time and he didn't um, go. I, I He talked about the beauty and the struggle. And I think that hopefully is Dwayne Wade and some other people getting into his ears and having him understand that he's in his fifth year he, in four years in the league. He's a two time all star. It's just incredible what he's doing. He's on the verge of ex exploding into a 30, you know, into maybe as much as a 30 point a game score, depending on how he wants to play. But when he looks at the elite guys in the league and try, you try to figure, you know, compare Kawhi wins his title early, but with Duncan. And then when you start to look at, you know, Kawhi wins in 2014 at 22, but he gets his next one in 2019 in his seventh year. Giannis is in his seventh year, LeBron. And so there is a beauty to the struggle. And that's what Donovan um, is going through. Uh, right now. he The other one I thought was super interesting is um, the only one that like actually I thought was maybe not entirely accurate. And that was, he talked about, we need to come back with a little fire and we're up five. We need to go to 15 and we're up 15. We need to go to 25. And we, you know, we really need, la you know, and then he talked about how last year often we would let people back in then they hit a three and it's a one point game. It's an, it's interesting that he says this because I'm not sure it's true. And you know, maybe he's talking about specifically the playoffs and in his mind, it's true. And that's all that matters. But the fact is the jazz blew people out last year at just an incredible rate. Right. Um, and so the jazz had the best differential in the league. You know, you go back and look at our early 11 game win streak. You're just beating people by a lot, right? You beat Cavaliers by 40. You beat the Hawks by 30. You beat the Pelicans by 16. You beat the Warriors by 21. You beat the Mavericks by 20. You know, and then you followed that with a nine-game win streak where you beat the Hawks by 20. You beat the Charlotte Hornets by 17. So they actually were putting the foot down in the regular season last year and, and crushing people at a pretty high level. And it's interesting that he thinks that they didn't have that fire. Now, maybe that's in the playoffs and that's just feeling something. But it's nice to see at least um, that he has that. All right, Chuck Cooperstein is the radio voice of the Mavericks, one of my best friends in the business. Super fun conversation. We've always, we do it like every year. And we're going to do this week over-unders on the Western Conference. We're going to go alphabetically. We'll start with his Dallas Mavericks today. We'll hit the Denver Nuggets. We'll do the Lakers and the Clippers here coming up. And we'll end with the Jazz on the final day. I'm going to try to post them Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week so you have a show every day. And if you miss one, you just grab it at the end of the week um, for you. So that's that's the plan, and that's what's coming up, uh, Chuck Interesting conversation about the Mavericks and the Nuggets, actually. And we and we stunningly don't find ourselves agreeing, which maybe is a tribute um, to Vegas and the Lions. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street. Also located in Logan and in Linden, the Hyundai's an amazing car. The Elantra and the Sonatas are the sedans. 
both clipping in at well over 30 miles to a gallon, which is super nice right now. The Elantra is the North American car of the year. I'm driving the Sonata right now. I've been driving the Hyundai sedans for the entire summer and spring, and it's and now fall. It's been they've been great. I just absolutely love them. And their features are amazing, whether it's their automated cruise control or they're keeping you in the lane assist. They basically drive themselves. And then the SUV lineup, super. The Palisades, big and beautiful and just so, so gorgeous. We've purchased two Santa Fe's, one for the for the kids along the way, and the Tucson and the Kona are just fabulous. It's all at Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street, also in Logan and in Linden. And feel free to email me first. If you're heading over there, just send me an email at DLock09. I'll set you up with... Jason over Jason Creech and Murray, or I'll set you up with our guy in, in Logan or in Linden and give you a VIP experience. Today's show is also brought to you by Direct TV. It's time now to get Direct TV Stream. I'm in the midst of doing this. It brings you all your live television on demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device, all the best parts, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. It's DirecTV Stream. It's all you've ever wanted in your TV. All the entertainment without the hassle. A great way to finally get it all together with DirecTV together with DirecTV Stream. Time now for the week-long feature of Over-Unders with Chuck Cooperstein. Pretty excited to have this week of programming for you. Chuck Cooperstein is the radio voice of the Dallas Mavericks. I think I can call him a really good friend at this point, or despite the fact that we haven't seen each other in a long time. Um, he has uh, been the voice of the Mavericks for a long time. The voice will sound familiar for you because he did national college football for a long time. He is really one of the best broadcasters in our business. Uh, two of the best radio announcers retired this year. So I'm, you're, you're moving up the totem pole. I don't know where you were compared to Ted Davis and Mike Ingalls, uh, two of the greats. Ted Davis, really one of the greats in Milwaukee. As you said in the text the other day, kid's got his fastball still. Uh, so two of the best in our business have retired this year. So Chuck, Chuck's moving up to the very top of the top. Uh, don't tell Sean Grande I said that because he thinks, you know, he thinks he's better than all of us. Um, <laughs> just hey. kidding. No, but uh... – I, I have to get to the 20-year plateau, which I have not gotten to, uh, in, in order to be uh, thought of in such rarefied air. This will only be year 17 for me. So only I have uh, – you've had this experience, Brian, and then this is about us, and we'll move on to doing over-unders. We're going to do over-unders all week long uh, about the teams in the Western Conference uh, off the betonline.ag lines. I had a funny experience. I'll, I'll leave some of the details out. But one of the announcers last year called me and said, hey, I, I, I really – it was when we were trying to figure out if we were traveling or not – for the playoffs and things like that. Hey, he's like, I really need you to fight the fight. And, and I was like, I don't know if that's my role. Da, 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 da. And, he's, and I suddenly realized like midway through, this was one of the newer guys. And I suddenly realized like, Oh gosh, I've gotten old enough. <laughs> my job. Like, like I'm, I, I, I am actually one of those guys now that has to like the guys that are in their sixties and seventies, they're not eh, like, they're not going to fight the fight. Like it's, we're like, Oh shoot. Like I'm one of those guys now I got to fight the fight. Yeah, uh, but uh, I think it's – it looks like it's going to be uh, good for us that uh, that we're going to be back on the road. Oh. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see – you know, just see what it looks like. It's just – last year was so weird, and I and I have a feeling, David, at least at the at the start of the year, it's going to feel weird because we just – we just – we don't have that experience. You know, we don't know exactly what this is 
this is going to look like and what it's going to entail as being part of a traveling party. You know, what's going to be asked of us, uh, which usually is a lot less than generally what is what is uh, has been asked of in the past. And certainly, you know, I, I would imagine that if we are part of the traveling party, that we're subject to you know everything that uh, the, the operations people have gone through. Uh, in the last year, which has been pretty substantial. And I think, uh, no, it'll be an adjustment for everybody. Uh, two things, and then we'll get to this. Uh, whatever it is that they need me to do to travel, yes, is the answer. Absolutely. Yes. Like, I'm jumping to the front of the line. Yes, like, whatever. Yeah. Oh, carry back? Sure. Absolutely. No problem. <laughs> Adam Klauke, the equipment manager of the year, needs some help? Yep. You got it. No problem. Whatever's, I'm on board. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one, I have called a game on the road since COVID, which you have not gotten to do yet. Uh, it's incredibly emotional. Like I, I, at least I'm an emotional freak. Like I still cry like American Idol. So like, you never like, but I was, I was, when I walked in, you really are an emotional freak. I would never cry at that, but uh, there, uh, are, there are other things that I absolutely would. <laughs> so I, uh, I, any, anytime I watch somebody and I think to them that they could be a, that they're the child of someone that they have a parent, then all of like, I get like all yes. emotional. So, like watching teenage tennis players probably be too much for me this weekend. Yeah. Um, the uh, but the but I will tell you when I walked into the Staples Center to call Game Three of that playoff series, it was really an overwhelming moment. Like just, I think it was something that in the back of my mind I thought maybe we were never doing again, mm-hmm. and so to be able to do it again and really cherish it. So anyway, we could talk broadcasting the whole time. I think the best part about it, I'll share the final note and then we'll get on with the show. The final note is while calling forty-one road games was truly one of the most, uh, from an artistic standpoint, worst experiences of my career um, off television. I, I, there's nothing I've disliked probably as much in my really, you know, frankly, blessed career. My home call is a million times better than it's ever been because I realized all the tools I didn't have and that I could use by having to call 41 games off television. So hopefully we're all better for it. All right, let's get to it. Our first over-under team, you know well, it's the Dallas Mavericks. The betonline.ag line for the Mavericks keeps moving up a little. It's at 48.5. The Mavericks re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr. They've still got a guy named Luca, Chris Daps Przingis, Maxi Kleber. They were able to get off Josh Richardson without any uh, damage to their future draft picks, which is a good move. They generally didn't add anyone that seems to move the meter a great deal. Sterling Brown's a nice player. Reggie Bullock's a nice player. I actually really like Reggie Bullock. Over under 48.5. Do I need to go first on your team, or do you want to go first on your team? Uh, I'll go first on my team, and I'm going to go under. I'm, I'm uh, slight be, Because what? it's a because I'm going to say they're going to win 48 games. Wait a second. I'm on YouTube here going over. Oh, like I'm <laughs> huge on the Mavericks. Uh, there's only one thing you can't comment on. I will. There's only one thing on your roster I don't like. And they're yeah. not wearing and it's not wearing a jersey. Well, okay. I mean, like it, your head coach, your new head coach in Jason Kidd does not have a track record of getting the most out of his teams, nor playing the modern analytical style. And so I, that's my only concern. But I, you, you were crippled by COVID last year. You have the uh, the MVP of the league this year. I don't know that Chris Daps can be any worse than he was for the first thirty games last year. And I, I gee, I'm stunned you went under here. I, I just I just think it's so difficult in the Western Conference. I just I just think that you know and, and that the East is better. Uh, and you need to tell me um, how the Mavericks are going to handle load management 
How are they going to deal with Porzingis? How are they going to deal with Luca? How are they going to get the ball out of Luca's hands so he doesn't have a 40% usage rate? Uh, I'm with you. Uh, I actually think their moves are under the radar good. Uh, I think Reggie Bullock is is definitely going to help them because he can re- he can guard people. And they they whatever they thought they were going to get with Josh Richardson last year, they didn't get. Uh, COVID probably had a lot to do with that. But you know, as time wore on, uh, clearly the confidence level in him, both from uh, the coaching staff and from his own play, it really seemed to wane. Um, I, I think Bullock and, and, and Sterling Brown has a level of toughness about him that are admirable. And I'm a Porzingis fan. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm still very much on the Porzingis bandwagon. But uh, I actually think I, I right now I'm just thinking the number is, is 48. I, listen, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they win 54. I mean, it would be phenomenal if they did. But, uh, you know, we, we don't know uh, what the coaching staff's going to look like. I mean, I think uh, Igor Kokoshkov uh, coming in and being uh, the lead assistant and obviously his relationship with Luka uh, is very much a factor, um, you know. But how, how do they all mesh? How does it all come together? I mean, is this a, a Budenholzer in Milwaukee type of thing? Or is this something that is, you know, more along the lines of what we generally see in the NBA, where it's, it's, an, imp- it's an improvement, but it's not necessarily a, a gigantic jump up? Uh, okay. I, don't know the answer, I don't know the answer to that. Let, let, let's dig into this a little bit more. We're not, we, you know, not every team will get this much love. Uh, but I, I, I do want to get into this. So they... Because maybe I just listened to Nick Angstead too much on Locked On Mavericks, but so my my memory on last season is you guys come out, you get struck by COVID, you're really struggling, you I think are like nine and fourteen, yeah. and then you close the year thirty three and sixteen, and it's and and so you had the COVID. There was like the rain. There wasn't there like an ice storm, and you suddenly like got like three days of practice. Like that's the team that I think is coming out here. There was 33 and 16 to close that just about beat the Clippers in the playoffs. And like loot, like I also look at the West and try to find out like there weren't any moves in my opinion in the West of anyone got better with their moves. I, I don't think anyone got noticeably better with their moves. I think somebody got worse, but I don't think anybody got noticeably better. And so when I try to find who got is going to get better, I try to find like Luke is going to be a better player. I would think this year, I think Donovan can be a better player than he was. That, that uh, might be it. Like well, that, and, might- and, and hopefully Porzingis will be a better player. Even sure. though, even though, even though Porzingis, quite frankly, was as efficient as he has ever been last year, uh, offensively, he and Luca are a dynamic two-man team. Any you know, any NBA measurable will will show you that. But the issue is defense. The issue is all about defense. You know, what did Jason Kidd learn from his time with Frank Vogel? Uh, you know, and he, you know, he's talked a good game here so far about, you know, we're going to play defense. But again, every coach talks a really good game in September about, you know, we're going to play defense. But if uh, what he has experienced the last two years has allowed him to become a more complete coach, uh, then, uh, hey, I'm, I'm on board. And, and maybe at that point they could be uh, much better. But look, Porzingis has got to be a rim protector. He's got to be, he, I mean, he averaged around nine rebounds a game last year. And I don't, you know, when you have Luca to rebound the ball, I don't know that you're going to be an 11 rebound guy. Maybe there'll be a few more missed shots available, you know, so that he could get to that point. But uh, he's got to be able to protect the rim. Got to be able to block, you know, block shots, chain shots. And if, if he can do that, 
then then the whole paradigm changes. David, uh, when it comes to the Mavericks, we can talk about Luca's improvement, and you know that look, there are several areas that are necessary. Uh, he's he's got to be a better free throw shooter. He's got to be a better three point shooter. Maybe take fewer three pointers. Try to get to the rim more. Uh, and if he gets fouled, obviously he can't be a 73% free throw shooter. And he was about a 60% free throw shooter from the end of February to the end of the regular season. Can't happen. Um, you know, and he's got to be able to cut down his turnovers. You know, he can't have consistently have, uh, you know, five and six turnovers per game. I mean, I'm not asking him to be Chris Paul to where he has an assist to turnover ratio of three to one or three and a half to one, but he's got to be better than barely two to one. He's got to be, know over two and a half to one for this to really work uh with with all and then obviously his own comportment in dealing with referees uh you know he's just got to be better in that area all that being said doesn't really matter if Porzingis can't be the player that the Mavericks thought he'd be if he's not that player then really all of it doesn't matter all of it is really just a a lot of hot air signifying nothing all right well my metrics have them as a 53-win offensive team, so maybe you said it well. They've got to play some defense. I have them over 48.5, but you're right. If they become like a negative four or five-win defensive team, then they don't get over it. He's Chuck Cooperson. He's the voice of the Mavericks. This is a bad sign. We've done one team in 11 minutes, and we got 15 to go. We're going to have to short shift some teams. Oklahoma City and Houston. Uh, <clears throat> all right, uh, more with Chuck Cooperson coming up on Lockdown Jazz. Chuck really is one of my favorite guys. I hope you can feel that energy in our conversation and you're enjoying it. Coop Mavs at Twitter if you want to send him a thank you. Today's show is brought to you by Sweatblock. Congratulations to everyone at Sweatblock. They are the number one seller on Amazon.com right now in their category. Pretty amazingly. Currently number one in the antiperspirant category at Amazon. Locked on. Doing it again. You're doing it again. But the dry shirt guarantee is what's really doing it. With sweat block, doesn't keep you dry. You get your money back. Doctor created and doctor recommended. Works up to seven days per use. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters, not chefs. And now, over 10 years on Amazon, but currently the number one Amazon antiperspirant category. So, what is sweat block? Sweat block, if you've got excessive sweating, a big presentation, a date, something like that, and you're suddenly worried about it, then you go and you use sweat block and it can work for up to seven days. It's really remarkable. Go to sweatblock.com and get 20% off with the promo code locked on. That's 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. It sounds too good to be true, but it's not. You can use sweat block once or twice a week and keep yourself dry the whole time. No more pitting out. No more picking your shirts based on which stain is less bad. It's sweatblock.com. Use the promo code Locked on. Today's show is also brought to you by our good friends over at rockauto.com. For do-it-yourselfers or for professionals, it's been the same for 20 years. Rock Auto is the family business that keeps prices reliably low for every customer. There's no reason to go to a brick-and-mortar store or go to a dealership and spend 30 50 or even 100% more. Heck, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 in a chain store, and it's $216 at Rock Auto. Why pay more when you don't need to? Do it yourselfers or professionals. You're treated the exact same in the easy to use old school website that's easy to navigate. 
Go check it out at rockauto.com. By the way, I want to give a special thanks to the Locked On listeners. We've got some reports from Rock Auto. It's clear you've made this your place and are having great success with it. And I want to thank you for doing so. It's always super that you support our sponsors. We're free. We're available on all platforms. And to support our sponsors is great. We got a report yesterday from Rock Auto that you're doing exactly that. So please, write Locked On on the How Do You Hear About Us box since that's how they know that you came. Find out about the amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Over, under, where are you going? First team we looked at was Dallas. Got really interesting. I think these next two are super interesting also. It's over-unders with Mavericks voice, Chuck Cooperstein. Great NBA mind, super fun to talk to. The Denver Nuggets, who are likely without Jamal Murray. I was listening to Matt Moore on Locked On Nuggets the other day, and they were talking about possibly all-star break. But really, this is like a 12-month injury at this point with the ACL. So I think the chance of seeing... Jamal Murray is limited this year. I'll take the same take on Kawhi Leonard when we get to the Clippers. The betonline.ag over under on the Denver Nuggets is 48. They lost Paul Millsap. I'm not sure that's really a loss. They added Jeff Green. We'll see whether that works. It's worked in it worked in Brooklyn, hasn't worked other places recently. I think the real question, the real story here is that Michael Porter Jr. takes this massive step, goes into the season knowing he's the number two option. <laughs> along with the MVP, Nikola Jokic. Otherwise, there's Austin Rivers is back. Not a lot of other major moves on this roster. The over-unders at 48. Chuck Cooperstein, I'll let you go first again, and then I'll have a wild and crazy reaction to what, what you said. And I'll go under. And I'll, I'll go under. over! <laughs> and, 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 I'll, and I'll go under. I, I just... I, I don't... I love... When I watch Porter play... The way he shoots the ball reminds me of Kevin Durant. I mean, it's an, it, it is an unblockable shot. Tell me Michael Porter is going to commit himself. It's, it's like Porzingis. I mean, you tell me he's going to commit to the defensive end on a more regular basis that doesn't allow Michael Malone to pull out what little hair he has left. Um, you know, and, and their guards are just I mean, Rivers, uh, Monte Morris, uh, Campazzo, uh, I mean, should I be excited about any of these guys? Uh, but having said that, I mean, look, let, let, let me jump in there for a second. Their guard is Nikola Jokic. Yes, that I was. Well, I was about to go there. Okay, so, again, great. I mean, and and Jokic is absolutely special, and he has shown that. Hey, you know, you can look at his body, and you may not think it's worth anything, but I mean, clearly, he can play a ton of minutes. And he can be as effective in the first minute as he can be effective in the 48th. Uh, he's he's phenomenal. And, I mean, he becomes he, – he's very difficult to play against. But, I mean, I just – I look at – I've always looked at their team, and maybe I've always looked at it through the prism of how the Mavericks have played against them. The Mavericks have had great success against them. And the Mavericks have known how to play against them. And even a couple of years ago, you know, there are a couple of games they lost to them where, you know, Jokic has hit shots late to beat them and it's and where the Mavericks weren't as competitive as they now are. And, and thinking that I, they're, they're good, but they do need Murray. And since they're not going to have Murray for a lot of this season, uh, unless Michael Porter is going to be, you know, around 24 and nine, I mean, tell me, tell me how that all works. I think he's going to be about 24 and nine. (laughs) I, I, first of all, he's just a, 
truly, I think he's going to come out to be one of the great offensive players in the league. I agree with you that like whether he can play defensively or not is a legitimate question. In the final 18 games of the year last year, listen to these numbers. This is after Jamal Murray went down. Michael Port, these are in, this is now, okay, I will admit there's like a few Houstons in here and some New Orleans. It's not the toughest murderer's row of schedule, but I don't care. 18 NBA games. He shot 56% from the field, 47% from three on eight three attempts a game. He averaged 24 points, six rebounds, two assists, and a steal and a block. I actually don't think they need Jamal Murray. They come out in my metrics as the second best offensive team in the Western Conference. They were 25 and seven, and I think it was after the Aaron Gordon trade. They were 13 and five after the Jamal Murray injury. I certainly think they'll wear down a little bit without Jamal Murray, like overdoing it over 82 games. But I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to be a borderline all-star, and they've got two of the 10 best offensive players in the league. Uh, I can't I can't deny that. I mean, they, they are. Um, I'm not an Aaron Gordon fan, have never been an Aaron Gordon fan. Uh, just doesn't really move the meter for me. Uh, I know – he, he occasionally will, will guard people, and that's not insignificant. But uh, he, he, is, he thinks he's a better offensive player than he actually is. And uh, I think he, if they can get him to adjust his role, then I think that they, you know, they can overcome some of that. I mean, they gave up a lot to get him. Um, I mean, you know, the record may be what the record is. Uh, I'd like to see that again over the long term. All right, let's go to the next bet online. At 48, I went over, he went under. This is great. We're not agreeing. Everyone always agrees. This is beautiful. Um, the Golden State Warriors are at 48.5. So we just like at three, like we'll do on three, we'll say it, and then you get to explain first, and then I'll counter. Okay, so ready? Three, two, one. Under. Under. Yay, agreed. Under. All right, go. Go. When's Clay coming back? Number one, when Clay comes back, what does he look like? Uh, you know, tell me that. Uh, you know, you're, is James Wiseman actually going to get a chance to improve? I mean, they brought in. Uh, you know, they brought in a number of veterans. You know, they brought in Otto Porter. I mean, Otto Porter's always hurt. Uh, you know, they. Uh, you know, are are the rookies even a factor in this? I mean, I, I see them really as a bridge team right now. And look, Curry is amazing and he can, I mean, I, I really should never bet against him. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's basketball is more than one player. And I, I think that there's a lot that still needs answering before you can get them to even think about, you know, a, a top four or five seed in the Western Conference. They didn't make the playoffs last year. Yes, they did not make the playoffs. The only thing we know they've added are two rookies. Rookies are bad in their first years in the NBA. I always go back to Kevin Pelton when he talks about like Nick Collison and Michael Porter Jr. and Blake Griffin, who like sat out a year. He's like, it's the best thing that ever happened to a team whenever <laughs> out a year because they can't destroy them. Like rookies are bad. The league's hard. This is not a criticism of whether I think Kamunga and Moody are going to be good one day. They're just not going to help you. There are almost – the, the Donovan Mitchell who helps you win as a rookie is a one in a million. Like they just, it doesn't happen. And there might've been a seven foot two center that helped too that year. Um, but I think that like, 
So I'm with you. I don't see this at all. Like there are two teams out there that I just don't see the national kind of media. And actually, I got to be honest, I'm finding my numbers, which is largely my belief, you know that, are absolutely contrasting to all of the narratives that are out there in the world, right? Like the Denver narrative is that they can't survive without Jamal Murray. I have him as the second best offense in the Western Conference and going to be totally fine. Um, the Warriors are like the hot narrative. I, I, they don't. They have Steph Curry. Draymond Green is incredible and old, and his knees don't work as well. And he's not. He's he's better on TNT than he is on the floor now. That's not entirely. Well, well there are times when he can't. There are still times when he can be brilliant on the floor. I mean, he he still really does see the game. I mean, because really he's their point guard. You know, yeah. Curry's not their point guard. Draymond Green's their point guard. So you know, it's the, they've got the the point center or point power forward concept uh, that say the Nuggets have with Jokic. Um, but you've got to at least look at the rim occasionally. And, Dr- and Draymond, you know, it's people probably forgotten this, but Draymond did score 32 in game seven against the, the, the Cavaliers, uh, you know, when they lost in the finals in 2016. I mean, he, at one point he could score, but now he doesn't even look to score. So basically, even as good as Curry is and as Thompson, you know, might be coming back, they're pretty much playing four on five offensively. The NBA is still, you know, the way it is right now, the NBA is an offensive league, hard to play four on five. All right, before we wrap today, I don't have any idea on this one. Um, The Houston Rockets at 26.5. Pass? Can we just pass? I'm really curious about them because just even, and I realize summer league leave means nothing. But I am curious about their rookies. I thought their their rookies looked – they did not look out of place. They, I thought they – Jalen Green is going to be a huge scorer in this league. He reminds me of Tracy McGrady. I mean, that's – I think he's going to be able to score like that. Um, I really, really like Schengen. Uh, I think there's there is real versatility in his game. And, you know, Josh Christopher is a volume player. Um but, uh, you know, that uh, on that type of team, that might not be the worst thing for them. Um, you probably have to go under uh, with them and Oklahoma City just because of everything else going on in the West. But I am interested to watch them play. Much, I don't more, think, so, right. much more so than I was, you know, toward the end of last year. I, I think you make a good point. I, I do think you have to go under because the chance of them going over is almost none. Like, you look at that roster and there just aren't enough old players who've played in the league to – to know how to win games. So I think you have to go under, but I don't think there'll be a terrible watch for a while. Like I think early in the year, and I don't know if we get them, you know, Matt Moore of the locked on nuggets has a great phrase. And um, he says, those teams are dangerous early in the year. Cause they haven't looked in the mirror yet. Exactly. They, they, have, they haven't realized that they're bad yet. Like we've got Houston on the fourth game of the year. Like, ah, like they could get you on the fourth game. Of the year. Our, uh, our home opener, uh, the Mavericks home openers against the Rockets. So it's uh, yeah, so I, would yeah. hope, I would hope Jason Kidd opens his era with a win over the Rockets. We open against Oklahoma City. Let's hope we get the win. All right, tomorrow we are coming up later in the week with Chuck Cooperstein. Lakers Clippers is our next breakdown. I'm different on where most people are on both those teams. We'll see where Chuck is coming up tomorrow with Chuck Cooperstein here on Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, Locked On NBA is still daily and available for you each and every day. Have a great one.